son of a gun. You son of a gun. Son of a gun! Son of a gun. not expecting to be doing ASMR at 4 a.m. in the morning instead of sleeping. Shit. Okay, I am clearly very unhinged and I am clearly, uh, and clearly I have no topic to talk about specifically. I have um, no script. Everybody's asleep and I'm trying not to wake them up because it's 4 a.m. and I have insomnia and I am insane. Maybe I'm just so sleep deprived that I have come to insanity. That's probably it. Yesterday, I had a really fun day. Kinda. <laughs> it was my one year anniversary with my boyfriend. And we went out on a little adventure. We went to get sushi for lunch at a very cheap place, but nice. It was very nice. It was a little bit of a hidden place in the middle of the city and then we went to the botanical park uh, we saw a bunch of pretty flowers and trees and sculptures and ceramic it's just a little um, botanical garden up in Lisbon and it was really nice I loved the ceramic sculptures and then we went downtown to walk around we went to something called Livraria Sada Costa, which is a little library full of antique stuff, mostly books, some records, some CDs, and also some memorabilia from people who are probably dead. They have a lot of old postcards, new postcards, but that were thrown away. It's just a place full of memories of other people, incredibly deeply moving to see these things that people just threw away or got rid of either because it was so old and no one was alive anymore to claim it or just because some time ago i bought a very interesting book from there um what is it called it's called the secrets and virtues of herbs and plants so it's basically a herbalism kind of book it talks about the science of plants, but then it also has the medicinal properties of certain plants, and they have so many plants. Um, it's mostly a Western book, and it's from like the 90s. I'm not really sure, but it looks like vintage, <laughs> and it's really pretty. It's really interesting because it has a lot of plants. I feel like not all of the plants are local, as in not all of the plants are natural to Europe or Western places like United States and Americas. There's plants from everywhere. Most likely it's a very westernized idea of medical herbalism. But I don't mean this as a critique because it's absolutely normal for it to be more of a westernized concept. I don't think it's superficial at all. I think it's very in-depth is very western which means it's different from asian approaches to herbalism african approaches to herbalism but it's not in a bad way it simply is different because all cultures are different either way we had a really cute really fun 
update. This is the moment where I start talking a little bit more loudly. The day has risen and I can speak loud. And now I can speak like a normal human person who's not whispering. I hope the audio transition isn't too abrupt. So here we go, let's begin! So speaking of fun dates, today's topic is tragic love stories and forbidden love. So let's begin! Today I bring you a very fun, <laughs> maybe not fun, a very sad but beautifully heart-wrenching a love story. It's from a Portuguese author. It's a Portuguese book by Camilo Castelo Branco. The book is called Love of Perdition slash Doomed Love, something of the sort. Um, some publishers uh, translated to Love of Perdition, but it's basically like doomed love kind of vibes. So this book is a pretty basic Portuguese classic. It's taught in mostly all schools. I think it's like the official program for like 11th grade something. But it's a very interesting book. It's from the Romanticism artistic period. If you don't know, Romanticism is the intellectual and creative artistic period of human history. More specifically, art and literature history that begins in the late 18th century, which means 17-something, late 17-somethings. <laughs> and its peak, its uh, Romanticism's golden age, let's say, happens during the 1800s and 1850s. So that's the period we will be speaking about today. Wait, let me just make my setup a little bit less hazard okay let me check if this is recording yes it is so because we're talking about portugal uh, although the peak of romanticism was from the early 1800s and 1850s romanticism only really arrived at a very, not very, but a little bit later to Portugal, because this is Portugal, and we're a little bit, you know, atrasated, <laughs> as you would say, uh, we're a little bit late on trends and shit, so that also translates to art, which is not so fun, but it's okay. So picture this, romanticism just arrived, it's a new thing, people are filling their hearts, they are wondering about the transcendent, surreal nature of love and heartache and the ego and nature, you know, romanticism, fun, I like romanticism. So now picture this, you're in love, you, you, you love a woman, but that woman happens, just, just happens to be married. So, you know, you're having the time of your life with that woman. But it also happens to be in the 19th century. So, you're kind of like caught. So, you go to prison. You go to prison because you had an affair. Fun. Nice. Edgy. Mmm. Yeah. Chill. So, you're in prison. You're having the most dreadful, terrible, solitary days of your whole entire life. And you decide to write a book about a tragic forbidden love story, just like yours. And that's how we get Amor de Perdição. 
Love of Perdition. So this book was written by Camille Castelo Branco, which is a Portuguese author from the 19th century. I think we've covered that. He was truly just imprisoned for having an affair with a, a lady called Ana Placido, and he went to prison up in Porto. Camille Castelo Branco wrote this book, and I quote... In 15 tormented days, because he was probably very bored. So the book begins with the narrator telling us that he found up in one of the prisons in Porto a bunch of files from Simão Antonio Butelho. And guess what? When you start reading the story, you realize that uh, Simão's brother has the same exact full name of the author's father. So basically, this is fiction based on real fact. The author did base uh, the whole story on tales that his aunt, Rita, told him and based on what he found up in the prison. I don't know if my explanation is being a little bit convoluted. The main character in this book is gonna be Simão. Simão, he plays the role of a romantic hero. He has a noble status in society. He's a transgressor of social norms. The book has the whole thing about me versus society. But although he's a little bit sanguinary, he has a very noble heart and he will go through all the means necessary to execute his vision of what is right and what is wrong, which means violence. He's very, he's very blood thirsty. At the end of the day, he has a lot of compassion. He has a strong sense of justice that conducts his every move. A spirit that is strong-willed is a whole character of his own. And he is the romantic hero. And then, in this book, you also have Teresa. So, Teresa is the love interest. Teresa is... I don't really like her personally, um, I have nothing against her, but she's just a little, she's a little Juliet, you know, but Juliet was more fun, to be honest. Juliet was way more, uh, strong-willed. Teresa is the next-door neighbor to Simão. She is very sweet. She's a lady. Her father is very particular about who she shall marry, like, date, uh, and when and when he realizes that Teresa is talking to Simon, just even looking at Simon, Teresa's father is like, no, 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 you're not gonna talk to him. But she's like, oh, but he's so sweet and compassionate, and you know, he's just he just has a strong sense of justice. You know, they obviously are romantically interested in each other. I have read this book about four times, but I have not read this book in two years, so excuse me if I'm omitting some important details. I swear to god I'm not making shit up, this book is amazing. So here is my retelling of the story. Ta -da -da. So something I haven't yet said about Simone, the main character, is that besides having a strong sense of justice and being a little cuckoo in the head, he also was very intellectual in the sense that he was indeed uh, in university, uh, studying at least at the time. He was a bit of a bloodthirsty person, a, a more of a 
action kind of person, but he also was aware of what was going on in France. What was going on in France, you may ask? The French Revolution? <laughs> Hell yeah! So he was preaching the ideals of the French Revolution because he's a little anarchist. He's what now would be a little anarchist, okay? So he's just a daredevil, you know, <laughs> a bad boy. The definition of a Portuguese classic bad boy, they fall in love when Teresa's father realizes her father tells her that she will be sent to a convent if she doesn't get her shit straight. So Simão goes back to Coimbra, which is a city that has one of the biggest universities at the time. Simon goes back to university and he gets his shit straight. You know, all of the sudden, the love of Theresa makes him be a little bit more subtle, more gentle, more kind. He's a studious boy, very educated, getting a little bit religious, and he's being a little bit more kind, influenced by the newfound love of Teresa. Just like we've seen before in a little artwork called Romeo and Juliet. Teresa's father really wants his daughter to wed her cousin. She's like, na 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 na, incest, not me. So Teresa tells her cousin, hey, I am in love with someone else. I cannot wed you. I cannot marry you. I am not interested, I am so sorry, I like you as a friend, but I'm not, you know, he's just completely friend-zoned, so he goes and he tells her father that, you know, she said that, so he's like, oh, what? You're gonna go to a convent, fuck you, bitch. So her father, when he finds out about this, he tells her, either you marry your cousin or you go to a convent. Isn't this the most classically ro romantic 19th century kind of vibe? Isn't this the most classic story? Anyways, this is when the letters sort of begin. You know, they start writing letters to each other. They, they're making sure the other one knows what's going on. Teresa's like, please, Simo, help me. This is happening when Simon hears about this. Oh no 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 no. He gets mad. He gets angry. So he decides to kill Teresa's cousin. He's like, I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill him. But then he comes to his senses and he's like, wait, I kind of don't want to go to jail. So maybe I won't kill him, you know? So here comes Mariana. At this point, Simon needs somewhere to live because his parents are so done with this bullshit. So he goes to an old friend of his father's who has a daughter called Mariana. This is when Mariana falls in love with Simon. Oh my god, yes, it's a love triangle. It's a Romeo and Juliet convent triangle romance thing. Such, so fun. I love this book. So Mariana's father owes Simon's family a favor because they have helped him and his family after his wife died. Somewhere along the lines there's a fight with guns and the main character is hit with a bullet and Mariana's father kills the people who shot Simon. Okay, fun, fun. Simon is in terrible condition. He just got hit. It's the 19th century. <laughs> so there's not a lot you can do. And then Mariana is like, oh my god, the person I just fell in love, who's betrothed sort of to another is dying. Whoa, so many feelings. Blah, blah, blah. 
So they just go back and forth trying to meet each other. They are sending letters. They are trying to meet before Teresa goes to the convent. But somehow Simon kills Teresa's cousin. And then a whole bunch of messes. And Simon goes to prison. So our romantic hero is in prison. And he is sentenced to 10 years of exile in India. Sounds fun. So he's sentenced, then he goes off to his little boat, but obviously every single person in the story is completely in tears and distressed and constantly crying and praying and, you know, it's a romantic love story. Mariana, who loves Simone, but Simone doesn't love her, he loves Teresa. Mariana decides to go with Simone to India because she's so in love and her father owes them a favor and you know but as Simone is getting on the boat he can see Teresa from the convent waving at him so as Simone is watching Teresa say goodbye to him she gives their letters to some random ass guy Simone receives the letter from Teresa on the boat before leaving and he reads it but he is so upset that the love of his life Teresa has died that he gets so incredibly sick from a fever and he dies after nine days of pain. Mariana kisses him for the first and last time. His body is set out to sea and Mariana just jumps off ship and dies hugging him. Dramatic. I know. So, as you can tell, this is a very fun story. And I want to share a little bit before we leave, because this has been a long story. Before we leave, I want to share one of the most famous quotes from this book. There's a little quote about Simon, our romantic hero. And here it goes. Simon loved, lost himself, and died loving. It sounds a lot better in Portuguese. Amor. Sounds a little bit better in Portuguese, but that's the translation. And then I want to share some recommendations to do with today's story, which is, in terms of art, I will recommend Gustav Klint's Fulfillment. It's a little sketch um, by Klint. It was made before The Kiss, but it really resembles The Kiss. It has some key differences, but it's uh, it's basically The Kiss, but different. It's probably going to be on the cover of this episode. If not, you can search it. In terms of music, I'm going to recommend Cigarette Daydreams by Cage the Elephant. I just feel like it fits the story. <laughs> I think it's a very fun idea to think of Simon as a little anarchist who listens to Cage the Elephant somehow. Just a little teenage boy. Uh, and then in terms of books, I have obviously Romeo and Juliet. And I'm gonna read a little citation from it. Let me just open up me book. Okay, here we go. This is from Romeo and Juliet, Act 2, Scene 2. It's one of the most basic quotes. Oh, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Deny thy father and refuse thy name. Or, if thou wilt not, be but sworn, my love, and I'll no longer be a Capulet. Romeo, aside. Shall I hear more? Or shall I speak at this? Uh, and then Juliet keeps on. Tis but thy name that is my enemy. Thou art thyself, though not a Montag. 
What's a Montag? It is not a hand, nor foot, nor arm, nor face, nor any other part belonging to a man. Oh, be some other name. What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. So Romeo would, were he not Romeo called, retain that dear perfection which he owes without that title. Okay, uh, the recording kind of stopped. But this is to say that this is the end. Uh, this is the end of the episode. I'm going to try to turn this podcast into a little bit of me telling stories about my day and then showing you pieces of art that I'm really interested in uh, or just random ass books and shit. Uh, so I hope you have enjoyed it. I also want to talk about some random ass topics like philosophy and shit. So um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, have a nice day.